Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, your brand new rugby show brought to you weekly live from Dublin. And before we crack on, just a big hello to all our Hard Yard listeners and uh, great to have you on board for the new series. I am Barry Murphy. This I'm is Andrew, Andrew Trimble. Trimble. Party on, Baz. Party on. Trimble. You're about to go win. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to go win. Garth, Garth, <laughs> I'm Wayne, man. I know, sorry. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I'm playing second fiddle, aren't I? Ah, look, he has his place, you know. Oh, that's he so does. patronizing. <laughs> You're important too. Look, my name is first on the on the on the, the show, you know, man. Yeah, but that's because initially they were gonna go Baz and Trimbies and I thought they were going alphabetical. <laughs> but now I'm starting to think that was just an excuse to make yeah. my name second, regardless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, going on that, what we're going to call you, Andrew? That's fine. Whatever, call me whatever you want. Okay, because we've got like a few options: Trimby, Trimbo, Trim, the lesser-known Trimbo, <laughs> Trimba, <laughs> uh, David Trimble. I've got called David before, yeah. yeah Lord, Lord David Trimble. Yeah, you can call me Lord if you want. Lord David, uh, what was the other one? I had a good one. Uh, Trimble the long-armed. Uh, it's, it's probably a, lot, a little bit He's long. Very long arms. What about Andrew Trimble? Are your hands as long as your arms? Or is it just like... My hands aren't as long as my arms. <laughs> are they, what you meant was, uh, are they in proportion, proportion with my long arms? Yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? They're, I think they're... They're quite long. They're accurate. Quite long. They're accurate. Um, like Barry, you also have <laughs> quite long arms. <laughs> <laughs> Not as freakishly long as yours. No, mine, mine, I've grown into my arms. Yeah. I think uh, whenever um, initially my arms started getting noticed for being, you know, longer than it's necessary. So whenever I was maybe 80 kilos, a little bit skinnier, and that was sort of exaggerated a little bit. Okay. But they came in handy. It was a good job for, for having long arms. Yeah. Trimble the long arm uh-huh. will go with or, no, do you know what, Lord... It's not punchy, it's not Lord quite punchy David, enough. Lord David Trimble, my dad rang me the other day actually to say that uh, <coughs> we had played together, believe it or not. He was like, do you know yourself and uh, and David Trimble played together uh, in Coleraine under 10s in 1992 and then in, uh, in the Pet Lawler in Limerick in 1992. And I was like, David Trimble. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, do you, don't you mean... Lord David <laughs> He's like, yes Lord yes, sorry Lord. of course I don't know your dad yeah well I, <laughs> I think he uh, I, I think he may have met you back then you obviously made a huge impression on him back then well, um, not really he got my name got my name wrong. <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah well he gets everyone's name wrong yeah but we go back even further though we played at the Korean uh, tournament as well is that right that's right yeah uh-huh. under 10s when uh, that was the kind of the done thing back then you'd go up for a weekend and it was an excuse for the parents to take their kids away and go on the pitch for three days, basically. Yeah. And you'd offload the child yeah. into a fellow teammate's uh, or opposition team's house for the weekend. Yeah, no health and safety in those <coughs> days. No. No um, police checks. No. Go on, you be grand. <laughs> you be grand. Give us a couple of days here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Up on the train and the parents would be in the front carriage on the lash and we'd be down the back <laughs> playing cards as nine-year-olds. The good old days. The good old days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's as uh, that's as far back as as we go now. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And now, um, obviously, we're both retired. We're doing our own things, and you're, um, you know, a cool dude in a band nowadays, aren't you? I I do my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, so I you in the band. You've kind of got that. Um, you've got that balance between you know you're kind of you've got the rugby background, so you're kind of 
straight lace, you know, but you've got that alt kind of groomed beard and nose ring. Groomed? Yeah, it's, it's manscaped. Wild, it's manscaped. It's wild. <laughs> I'd say you're halfway between <laughs> Michael Bublé and Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful voice like uh, Buble, but uh, yeah, a bit wild maybe like yeah. the Winehouse. Yeah, w- wild but within reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, wild yeah. but not silly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Is yeah. that all you're giving me? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah you also. That's um, my intro. Yeah, have you introed me? <laughs> I was just about to. You've man. also played for Monster for a while. I did a few times. Yeah. that was years ago. Whereas you've played. 303 times for Ulster and <laughs> Ireland combined. Two World Cups, Celtic League and Six Nations. Irish Player of the Year 2014. That's pretty class now, I'll give you that. Memorised. Was that memorised? Uh, yeah, it's kind of written here in front of me. I was told yeah. to say it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my bit. But um, I believe by 2014, most of the best players had retired at that point. So... Uh-huh. Like that's probably one of the reasons. Yeah, fair you enough. Why you got that right? And you were kind of you were on the way out, and they were like, "Just give it to him, give sure. it to him, go on, I'll get rid of him." And you were also in the team that beat the All Blacks, which that's pretty special. So yeah, you're you're allowed to talk shite about rugby. I'll give you that. <laughs> you've you've your credentials check out. So uh, begin. Tell us. Okay. <laughs> what of rugby? Okay. Well, we talk. We'll, we'll get straight into the Leinster game, will we? Yeah. Well, we're gonna. What are we going to cover today? We're going to cover uh, Leinster, Munster and Ulster. We're going to talk about... Um, uh, oh, first of all, we're going to talk about uh, Freddie Burns dropping the ball oh, over the line. Course. Yeah, that was yeah, that was glorious. I know. Wasn't it? It, it was. A real balance between glorious hilarity and that poor fella, I swear, that is miserable. Good. Yeah, that's Isn't good. Because a lot of people, I like, <coughs> saw some people on... Like, I think Jeremy Guskett went to town on him. Like, yeah, what an that's idiot. Mean. That is mean, like, isn't it? Leave it out, man. Who, like, yeah. what, you know, who do you think you are? We've all done stupid things. And yeah, I would prefer to see the funny side and the feel sorry. Like, we were texting each other on Saturday, and I was like, this is so funny. My God. But then I was like, I saw his tweet, and I was there, yeah. oh. And I tweeted him, I was like, fair, not that he knows who I am, but I was like, fair play. Oh, him? Yeah, I was like, oh, geez, fair funny. play. See, that's the Michael Bublé in you, that's the nice guy. Yes. Amy Winehouse wouldn't have tweeted him. But then Amy Winehouse came right back in and she was like, well, he kissed, he blew a kiss. Like, yeah. who blew always a kiss when they're going over the, the try line? I yeah. just thought that was outrageous. Like, um, <coughs> So I think we've got some audio of that clip, have we? Of audio of the, the kiss. Of the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, it's so tough. <coughs> Did you see his mate? Uh, I don't know who it was. His teammate yeah. slapped him on the back. Him, <laughs> yeah, biggie. <laughs> he didn't need that. It was the equivalent of kicking him up the hole, wasn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. God, I yeah. I watched tough. The Simpsons yesterday. I was just sitting at home, my dressing gown, and the Simpsons episode came on, and it was the one where Homer uh, there was a nuclear meltdown in the nuclear plant, and Homer uh, uh, saves everyone by pressing a button, and they put him up as a hero and stuff, and then it happens again. And uh, they're like, Homer, it's going to happen again, what do you do? And he just goes like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by the toe, and he presses a button, and he, and, they, they, and he saves them. And they're like, this is what you did, you idiot. So they're like, 
they praise him as being an idiot who actually it works out okay for him. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of like Freddie Burns. So <laughs> it was obviously idiotic, but I think so many people are kind of going, ah, fair play to you though. <laughs> you know, you're great that he could end up being like, you know, a cult hero because of this. I'm going to certainly watch him. You should have tweeted him the link, the Homer Simpson link. Yeah, because remember Homer goes into the dictionary, they put his face in the dictionary. I haven't seen that episode. So they could put a Freddie Burns in the dictionary, maybe yeah. we could, we could yeah. edit that in. That would have cheered him up. Yeah. You know, listen, it's obviously, you, you know, you got beat in European Cup, you've let down loads of supporters, loads of players are giving you a hard time, but listen, Homer bounced back from this, so yeah. you, you it, should be grand. You should call, it could be called, I did a, he did a Freddie Burns. Yeah, you know, but it yeah. could it could ultimately be positive. I've, uh, I've dropped the ball over the line. Mm-hmm. How? Yeah, um, might have been. Were you celebrating like? No, no, I wasn't kissing. Okay, I wasn't kissing the badge or nothing like that. I uh, it was a way to Aroni, the old zebra, on the blue or on the red button, whatever it was, <laughs> the alternate whatever yeah. on Sky. <laughs> and Thank God, I know. Yeah, it got no exposure or like. I don't even know if it, there was a TMO with the game. There wasn't like it was one of these games that just went on behind closed right, doors, and I was never so thankful. Uh, so I was run, I ran, ran over, no one anywhere near me, and I just went to put the ball down with one hand and not knocked it out of my hand with my knee. It was, it was it was my long arms weren't long enough, Barry. Oh my god! Yeah. The irony of that. Yeah, you got cocky. You were like, my arm is long enough. Yeah, that I can just sweep the ball. Yeah. Across the floor, my arms are perfectly designed for occasions <laughs> like this. I don't need to bend these legs. <laughs> yeah. Sweep. My what do you need across. knees for when you got arms like this? <laughs> <laughs> so, knocked it on, knocked it on, and then kind of went down in a, in a bit of a heap. Oh, but, no. um, but my f- the fizzy was right there, and I, I was ju- I was sort of sitting on my knees, and I was just I had my head kind of in my hands a little bit for a moment. And uh, Gigi, the physio, came over and he said, uh, "Trim is definitely okay. You all right? What's what's up? What's up?" And I was there. It's this is just 100 percent embarrassment. There's no injury <laughs> unless you've got unless you've got something for embarrassment. Then go away. <laughs> so, well, you've got 303 caps for Ulster. You've uh, you scored, so he should have been. He should have given him a script, man. Good yeah, timing. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah. <laughs> Big you up all the time. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Will Carling's one? Did you ever see that? No. I think that was the greatest. I was thinking three ones, other ones last night, and well, mm. I didn't even think of them. Check it out on YouTube. It's unbelievable. He runs over the dead ball line, and he's just kind of strolling, and he tries to get closer to underneath the posts, and yeah. he kind of steps inside. I think he's, he's playing with Harlequins. I can't remember who he's playing against. And whoever he, he tries to step inside, he's now he's good bit over the try line. Like yeah. He's just taking it easy. And whoever catches him right underneath both his arms and kind of lifts him up. Oh yes, and I've then seen that one. <laughs> then both yes. his legs are off the ground. Yes, trying yeah. to touch it down. <laughs> but the ball is about six inches off the ground and your man just carries him out over the pit. Yes, it I have seen that so one. Yeah. It was so perfect. Um, Le Guizamon, <coughs> uh, the Argentinian back road at London Irish, dropped the ball of the line and he he was fully showboating. His wasn't his was way worse than Freddie Burns. Really? Not no, it wasn't as high a profile game and it wasn't like a, uh try to win the game, but it was worse, definitely worse. And dancing or he was just he was doing a like a big swan dive or swallow dive. Oh yeah. Um, Chris Ashton. Yeah. We're all hoping it happens to Chris Ashton at some stage. Yeah, or not. yeah. It hasn't. Um did Dominici do that as well, the French winger? I can't remember. I think he might have I think he might have done it again uh, for France and the Six Nations and and 
I think he knocked it on over the line and then the worst thing about it was it went to his reaction and it did a slow-mo of the like the horse lips. <laughs> 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 I, th- I hope I'm uh, remembering this correctly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect response for something like that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was great. It was what an action-packed weekend, like having that. And then I suppose the rugby was pretty good as well. Yeah. Uh, Leinster taking the piss at this stage, I suppose. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah. Aren't Wasn't they? it? Yeah. It was just always going that way. They just even even though it was tight up until thirty eight minutes, you could just tell physically they were getting on top of them. They were just challenging them in all areas. Was didn't have much of the ball and you're just going, This is only a matter of time. I'm surprised they hung in there that long. Mm-hmm. Then the Sopawanga <coughs> yellow card, then Leinster went, right, enough mucking about here, let's put this game out of sight. Yeah. Uh, I think that was such a clinical moment because like most teams would have probably just put that ball out of the pitch, out of the off the field at forty minutes and gone in at half time. Yeah, with a decent first half, you know, having been up against the wind, but they take a quick <coughs> tap in the twenty-two. Yeah, and then Subwanga gets penalised, yellow card, and then McGrath's try directly after that was just like the intent to play and and go through phases with different options, like Sexton added and having someone on his inside, pick and goes. Uh, McGrath and a dart having the usual sex and loop play yeah. uh, some hard runners they literally had any variety of play you could think of was in that 14 phases or 15 phases whatever it was and then yeah to, to kind of na- like it's always a good one to kind of a little nail in the coffin or, or something just before half time yeah, like, yeah. or just put your stall out or whatever yeah um, <coughs> The ball to tag burn in a bit of or <laughs> tag furlong in a bit of space as well. Oh, that was insane! Ridiculous. They're, he's showing off, isn't he? Yeah, he's showing off. <coughs> it's not right. It's not right. Yeah, I t- I tweeted about it, and then Niall Ronan, former Munster fullback or way forward, who's a, a massive uh, GA fan and who was a big footballer, Gaelic footballer, he just tweeted back saying that's Tig's footballing skills there. Like yeah. he was, a, yeah, I think he was a big Gaelic footballer, which is clear. Like the footwork. The vision, the speed, yeah. <clears throat> but it shows, I suppose, where Leinster are at that they can, they get, they've got all across the pitch. They've got players that can play like that. Yeah, it's frightening to kind of imagine how good this Leinster side could be potentially, and how they're just head and shoulders better than anybody else in the competition. Saracens were were okay. They did like a good job up in Glasgow. Not an easy place to go, but just I still think no one's anywhere near uh, Leinster at the minute. Yeah, and it's like for Joe Schmidt as well. Like he's not going <coughs> to. How can he ignore anyone that was on the pitch the other yeah, night? You yeah. know, going into these uh, November internationals and the World Cup, like you know, they'd have, we'd such a bolter with James Ryan last year and how much he came on in twelve months. Then you know, you got Conan this year, Van der Fleer, and uh, even Ruddock the other night. The three of them in the back row, unbelievable. Luke McGrath, <coughs> Ringrose, Larmer. Like, where does it end? Um, I wish, I wish, I wish they were less likable as well. Like back, you know, like like yeah. the Leinster Leinster brand. <laughs> I'm going, oh, those guys. Yeah. But they're all good lads. Yeah, that's yeah. The thing. That's the annoying thing. And even uh, Sexto uh, uh, before the game, might have been mid midweek. He was interviewed and he was talking about, you know, last time Wasps were here, they put 35 points on us or something. And you're going, oh, that's so annoying. How, <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how humble he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I want him to be cocky and arrogant, like the Leinster way, but. Yeah. He's humble. Then after the game, Leo Collins going, uh, yeah, you can't win the European Cup in the first week. You know, you just gotta, you know, he just playing it down, yeah. playing it down. But they That's must the way to do it. They must know how good they are. 
Yeah, but they, they don't really, like, they don't take the foot off the pedal at the same time. They don't, yeah. you know, they... 88 minute, they're still, you know, Larmer's scoring like a brilliant try and how hard they were for that. The last three tries, like Sexton putting the ball through his legs and um, James Ryan's carry for that for that try as well, like they're still up in the ante. They want to keep putting scores on the board and, and they're still outworking every team, you know, even in the 70 odd minutes. So yeah. um, James Lowe is still sh- uh, showing off, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He's taking the piss as well. I know. Um, yeah, I think uh, he was again immense the other night. Like the break for the tr- for his try, like that try was ridiculous. Like, yeah. and and uh, I know you've got a few issues with him. If you want to tell, <coughs> I do. Yeah, the peeps. Go on. No, I think when you're performing as well as James Lowe, you have to search quite quite hard to find issues for this performance. And one area he's been extremely inaccurate in is his high fives. I think his some of his celebrations are really <laughs> poor. Yeah, really poor. It's just just terrible, terrible high fives. They're like you know what they're like Ryder Cup high fives. You yeah, know, like yeah, like nerds, like nerdy <laughs> golfers, <laughs> old golfers, like swinging a miss. And for for James Lowe, no, actually he improved his performance at the so weekend. So the inaccuracy is your problem. I, I think so. Yeah, and to be fair, when you're scoring <coughs> as many tries as James Lowe is, or making as many assists, <coughs> you need to sort that out. Because you're going to be giving a lot of high fives. You're yeah. going to be doing a lot of celebrating. Well, yeah. I noticed it that it, when you said <coughs> it, I was like, I went back and I watched the monster match, and I and I said, and I was looking, focusing mostly on his high fives. And I think he starts, he started looking at himself in the screen, yeah. the big screen. <laughs> so then he, that's when they became extra inaccurate because he was just swatting, yeah. and he was just looking at himself. But like, you got to focus yeah. on the hand. You like, got to concentrate. You know when you hit that. <laughs> proper clap like it's yeah. when you look at the other person's hand yeah. or their elbow or something like that I can remember thinking about this before but yeah uh, Joe Schmidt will watch that back and he'll say like next yeah. play once you score the try then you get get yourself worried about the, the celebration Yeah, celebrate correctly because otherwise yeah. it's a waste isn't it yeah it is yeah but it's just a numbers game with him. He's just swinging left, right, and centre. <laughs> and listen, the odd ones landing, but yeah. from someone of his quality, he needs to be landing a higher percentage of high fives. Okay, well, I think that's something <coughs> we should uh, keep an eye on for the whole uh, series and the, the whole season. Is just yeah. I wonder. If, there. I wonder if we've got carried away here. I, d- I wonder if. Um, well, he's a character. I think you know that. That's like I think. Did you see his interview after the game yeah. the other day? Yeah. Where he uh, had a bit of a. Mishap the night before the match, which I kind of loved. That is, well, I didn't like that his car was broken into, but I liked his reaction where he wanted. Uh, yeah. Well, let's have a listen. I think we've got no, some audio here. My car got broken into last night. Man, I couldn't bloody believe it. Living in the hut, nah, they didn't take anything. Oh, oh man, I don't know what's going on. They broke the bloody smallest window, and then just ran off. Little, hmm, if you find them, tell me. <laughs> Police rang me yesterday. It was quite weird, a funny chat. I was like, man, if you do find them, give, give me 10 minutes with them. <laughs> you know, and he just giggled to himself. There you go. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's it. That's, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, so he's... Uh, lawless. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a rascal, isn't lawless he? Lawless by name, lawless yeah. by nature. Lawless by yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> nice. if, if he gets in a room with whoever broke into his car and he's swinging a few digs, I hope he's more accurate than yeah. he is with the high fives. Yeah. okay. Fair enough. The, the, the guy, if, the guy, if the guy knows him at all, yeah. he'll just go in there and stand. He'll be grand. Yeah. <laughs> stand there, I guess. Do your worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone that knows James Lowe, pass that on to him. Uh, but anyway, we've, uh, we're Monster fans. We're going to come back uh, to you in a while. And we'll, uh, we'll go through the Exeter match and uh, everything that happened there. But now, Ronan Agar is back from New Zealand and uh, doing a bit of 
Champions Cup punditry with Joe Malloy on Virgin Media, but he was sound enough to come in here and have a chat with us. So this is a little chat we had with Raj last week. Raj, great to see you. You too, Baz. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. I've seen more of you in the last two weeks than I have in the last six years. <laughs> yeah, but and it's been great. It has been. Yeah. It's been an eye opener for all of us. But um, yeah, I must say I missed you, and it's been um, an interesting few weeks. Yes, thanks, man. I I, uh, I missed you too. I agree. Uh, for anyone watching and listening, we were in New York two weeks ago for uh, a monster reunion. Is that what we call it? Slash fundraiser. Well, yeah, I think. From probably better to say fundraiser for the <laughs> players of tomorrow coming through as opposed yeah. to we made a fortune yourself and Wally were in New York for a three day I know um, you were pretty shindig close would be, shindig <laughs> would be the best way of describing it but um, I was saying to Trimby earlier that it's like uh, it's like we're an old donkey sanctuary now and they wheel us out every once in a while and they get to just bring us around the country and try and make money for, for Munster and I was thinking they could potentially bring us to like electric picnic next year and on a Sunday morning you come out and you can get to feed the claw and apple or ride Gollum around the place or uh, you know get to see Peter Stringer the amazing two foot rugby player and stuff like that you know. There uh, are a lot of freaks in our group. Yeah, good crack, goodness. Yeah, well, I wonder about the audience, do they all see it like the way we see <laughs> right, it? You know, yeah, I think yeah, even yeah. other rugby players are... I think I said somewhere during the week though that um, I have massive appreciation though for having played with people you'll never play with again. There'll never be a Clark Olive in rugby again. It's yeah, just impossible. I agree. Yeah, and it's it, it's great to have um, memories like that. You know, what I mean, obviously Axel as well, different breed. Quinny, guys like that is very very different uh, to Pokey to an extent in that uh, monster group, but. Um, yeah, I think we always said because when we were players, I can remember even discussing with fellas like uh, Trims and Tommy and uh, Johnny and Rico, you kind of be kind of gone. Those past players, they just kind of like talking about themselves. I hope we don't end up like that, but I think we're definitely on the yeah. road. To, yeah, I it was know. a different game in our day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think uh, it would be fair to say you always had uh, a massive grow for the f- the fifteen players within the four walls that for me was a standout part of who you were it was all about didn't matter fuck about anyone else but the 15 players that were that were you know on your team or, yeah most know. definitely as a player when I saw that mm-hmm. now my coaching had on Baz I actually it's a it's a really interesting point um, because I was probably kingpin in Munster in Ireland not being cocky for for mm-hmm. a long time so the role of number one is a very different role okay mm-hmm. but then I think you go to uh, Johnny coming into the team me going out of the team me coming in going out you're hanging in there because you're playing for a country because it's such a great buzz but I kind of knew at that stage I wanted to go coaching so then I was kind of looking at it the value of numbers 16 to 23 but I think the real value of an environment or an organisation is numbers 23 to 32 so for example in the Crusaders they're known as the Stars Mm-hmm. So the stars kind of prepped the first team for the game coming up at the weekend. But essentially, if they have value, respect, self-worth, encouragement, um, they will add so much to the potential starters. So the key in any organisation, I find, is these guys. Because 
you would have a little bit of experience, but if you're a bib or as we'd say in Munster, a Muppet, mm-hmm. grand for a week, okay, but you got to imagine that for 26 weeks of the year. And if you're doing that for four years, which a lot of guys in our environment did, you, I think mm-hmm. you look upon them very differently. I just think the subs were used a lot less back then, obviously. Like yeah, they were. They were. And, uh, uh, yeah, they the were. There was impact no, substitution. I remember the, watching the sale game recently in 2006, and there wasn't one substitution made until the 78th minute of that game. Yeah. So 15 of the players no, played you're, yeah, every you're, minute, which was bizarre looking back. It's not even that long ago, like whereas now you'd barely get past... 40 minutes or 50 minutes without changing two or three players in the team. Yeah. <coughs> no, I, I, that, that, that is a good point, I suppose. You're after hammering my first point. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just, it, was a different, it was a different year yeah, back then. I mean, there was... Uh, I, and, I, and it was a different mentality of picking the team. Yeah. I think, to be fair, like there was no such terms of finishers or impact players. Yeah. It was kind of get your best team out there and if there's an injury bollocks there's someone coming in but hopefully he'll be alright yeah but like was that because players weren't Irish allowed to develop is, then or I think there was know? less uh, probably um, I would say the depth was less too to be fair there's a better quality of depth in, in Irish rugby at the minute there's yeah. more competition for places and but that's all was going to happen I think with a progression you look at the graph you know what I mean like the goal for Munster Oh, fair enough, it's 20 years ago, but it was to keep it under 50 against Toulouse. Mm-hmm. Then it was kind of get out of your pool, then it's kind of trying to get qualified. Oh, first win in France, remember the celebrations for that? It yeah. was kind of three-day bender. In, <laughs> in yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think what's really interesting about nowadays is you've guys coming into Leinster and Irish rugby, and before them, teams have won, so their mentality is very different. Mm-hmm. I think one of the uh, annoying aspects I have now, having been finished, is probably coming into a team without, I wouldn't say without standards, but without a kind of, I suppose, a defined culture. So we didn't know what winning tasted like. But I think that's a massive head start to the current group. They come into an environment and... um, in the Munster team no they, sorry in, in the, the Irish the team Irish as well team. but yeah. the, I think the Munster aspect is a complete different discussion I just wish if if that if this new group of players was able to park the history of Munster mm-hmm. and just forget about what has happened in the past because none of them have influenced it really there's a f- handful of guys like Earlsey that have, we've played with but other than that Connor to a certain extent yeah like Donnick Ryan has gone Peter O'Mahony was just about probably there you know so do they need to create their own history by having their own suffering like that you had back in 2000, 2003 and that, you know, by the time 2006 came around you were just sick to death of yeah. of losing and, and you, you became the player you were by playing in those huge games every year and, you know, to a certain extent they've done, they've done that now, like Peter Manny's played in six semi-finals or, or as he's played in, in something similar. Yeah, I suppose um, too as well, I just... Strange thing to say, but in some of those games, watching it as a neutral, obviously I'm a mad monster fan, but you kind of seem that they're overreaching. Yeah, that's mean. not a great way to feel about it. Yeah, so I think there is a little bit of uh, depth missing in monster, mm. but I would like to think their first team would challenge any team. I'm still pretty convinced with that. You put Connor and 
Chris into that back line and I think it's yeah. a different back line I agree totally um, how did you find they played last weekend did you did you like the, the I think direction what's they're gone going? under the radar has been Munster will never be Leinster and Leinster will be Munster vice versa okay it's what happens is you have the syndrome of looking over your your fence at your neighbour who's doing better than you and that's what Munster should not fall into the trap it's a similar story in Crusaders when the All Blacks were so dominant they were looking at what can they take from the All Black camp right. and bring it back into the Crusade what can they take from the Hurricanes and bring it back in but there came a point when they kind of said well these are our strengths these are our challenges these are our threats or weaknesses so we need to identify three things that we'll get better at okay. because if you're always looking you're going to take your eye off the ball and yeah. sport at this level <clears throat> moves so quickly so what was really pleasing I think hasn't been appreciated enough is that the Munster scrum and the driving mall it's just so powerful still in modern rugby the forwards win the game yeah I'm still convinced about that you know? where we scored yeah, the three tries yeah. the weekend yeah you know From and both, I think yeah. um, <clears throat> you have to remember there's a 22 year old out half who probably everyone expects to, when he gets the ball that he's nearly like Messi now yeah but like I'd say to take back expectation a little bit maybe think what he'll be like in three years time when he's 25 he's nowhere near mature as an old half yeah I was looking at it with my centre cap and winger cap at the weekend looking at it and going he did everything he could do I thought I thought he was he was excellent I thought he attacked the line but I was like the players outside him could have maybe offered a little bit more Without, or yeah. ran better and then you got to think about as you look at the, it was a pretty rookie midfield yeah sorry it was connection right. there's yeah. a a nine yeah. playing second game in, in in Ireland. Yeah. You know, so like he's the kind of senior halfback partner. So I think you'll see him hit a new Develop. level when yeah. Connor's there. Yeah. Because it's unfair of him to be asked to carry that mantle at this stage. He should mm. be coming into a settled team, but it's not settled because of Farrell's injury, Tote's injury, mm-hmm. Scandal's a great player. He, so it's kind of three into two there, isn't it? And yeah. then that's without Goggin and Arnold. And then. I think what what I like coming out over the summer and I'm not inside or I don't have any um, moles in the camp who tell me what's going on but I, I think that Earlsy has kind of bucked up a bit in terms of to, I'd say he's kind of said I'm sick of chasing box kicks I want ball in hand yeah. and he's probably the most um, dangerous back in Irish rugby with ball in his hand Yeah I'd like to see him in a more of a position out the back, out the back of a a yeah. hit line off Joey rather than waiting for the ball to get to his wing yeah definitely that's you know, where he's deadly it's his kind of acceleration yeah. isn't it which I think <clears> he did it once the weekend difference. when he got he put Goggin away with a little yeah. in and away and like like we've seen him trying to defend Earlsey when he was at 13 when I was at 13 was a nightmare like yeah. you, he's got three yards either side of you and he can go off either foot no you're right and it's like that and I think he's, he's missed that that position in, in his game over the last few years yeah it's just because he's so good in the wing probably and yeah as a finisher probably they're looking at him out there but yeah I think if Munster want like here's here's one for you if Munster want to to get to okay we don't, we don't want to be looking over our shoulder at Leinster but if they want to be able to challenge them and beat them do we need to go like we've over the last few years we've been going in one direction it's like one off runners and trying to batter our way through no, teams no I, I, I think the, that's why we have been playing the previous management and the current management I think realise that they need a shift from that yeah. I think do you think we need to go in the opposite direction no, to kind of meet no, in the middle or? I, I just feel I and mean, it's not a negative comment but I think 
that's a game with work rate, with hunger, with desire that Munster are very good at that works against three quarters of the team. Yeah. But you see when you're faced by a Leinster or a Saracens, mm-hmm. it just doesn't stand up. Mm-hmm. And there isn't really a different game that the boys have confidence in. So they need to have plan A, B and C. Mm-hmm. And I think, Ash, when you get to semi-final level, you need to be able to... Um, Trust your your game plan, but also have the capacity to to rely on options B and C. Mm-hmm. But I suppose we're looking back at Rob Penny. He went in a direction of playing a very expansive game, and I think we developed yeah. skills to play that. And then if you know when he left, it it kind of was abandoned then for a while. So our skill level dropped off. I suppose my point is, if we go back to going in one direction you know like trying to get the ball from one side of the field and next so play an expansive game like the likes of Glasgow did a couple of years ago the likes of Connacht have done it that will almost I always be a massive fan of I think the game that suits Munster is north-south I just think that's I think there's some very good carriers I think mm-hmm. obviously uh, footwork could be an issue that could be addressed potentially mm-hmm. um, playing the ball out of the tackle is massive I suppose love for the ruck because Ireland are the best rucking team in the world and they're so uh, accurate at ruck time that it filters from the national team down. But it, uh, I don't think if if the headmaster isn't there, I don't think the same um, rules are applied to how it's um, analysed at okay. uh, club, club level. level. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, I would say, probably looseness around that area. But I think... Um, I, I think it would be very different, Baz, with a with a full fifteen. Full 15. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I genuinely am, mm-hmm. but I, I I feel that um, what makes a good player a great player these days is it's because everything is pro- so prescriptive. The guys that lift their head and see where the space is and have the balls to kind of it's not jumping ship or breaking rank it's kind of if they have 13 in the front line what does that mean they won in the backfield yeah. so you have a, f- a full back in the middle of the pitch which means there's 40 metre space to the right of them 40 metre space to the left of them mm-hmm. so surely you've talked about that during the week in terms of if they're coming hard off the line and putting insane pressure on our ball carriers we have to identify there's been space yeah, here or here but yeah. who's going after the ball and who's going after the tap back mm-hmm do you think Munster have the players at the moment that are making those decisions for a 10? Or was that something um, that you would have always done yourself? Or I know. You I, I like, you know, I think what really brings your point home is is talking the run, which Topoki was a master of. Yeah. Like, I just learned so much from playing with him in terms of, you know what I mean, getting to who. What does getting to who mean? So for people that probably aren't rugby nerds or, or enjoy it as much as I do, so he'd basically on the run say, he'd point out a defender in the line just say, get to him. Mm-hmm. And then at the last second or fraction of a second, he'd just kind of go plus or minus. So if he wanted a plus, he'd beat your man on the outside shoulder. Minus. If, if he wanted a minus, he'd beat your man on the inside shoulder. 
I obviously had an incredible passing game, which we won't talk about today. Agreed. <laughs> 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 which, yeah. but it, there's a, it's just you know what I mean. People, commentators, anyone looking at it, going, "What a great pass!" I'm kind of going, "If only he knew." He knew. That I've been told that he's yeah. going to be there. It's not yeah. that hard to pass yeah. the ball if you've been told here, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever meet so him? Ruah down yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah, contact with him all the time. Yeah, he's. It's great when people, go, you know. I think sometimes when you're at home, you don't appreciate it. Yeah. I think, but when you get out, it's kind of that grow from monster just grows and Lafimi and Rua and uh, Trevor Halstead and Sean, yeah. uh, Jim, John Langford. I hope I'm not leaving out people like Mikey Mullins. There's plenty of them. Yeah. I've met them all when I've been around for Super Rugby, but um, it's just that common bond, which is great. Yeah, I think we need a few more. Yeah, we'll bring the Donkey Sanctuary to New Zealand. We'll all go down Australia. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it was, but that was a great strength of Munters, and I don't want it to dilute. I think they've always made quality signings. Yeah. But Who bought into it? There's been a few one or two dodgy ones that has diluted it but yeah. like the great news during the week is that Conor Murray signs on mm-hmm. and I think as Munster people that was hugely important Yeah, because the team was always built around local Limerick, Cork, Tip, Clare men and yeah. if you dilute that if they lose focus of that yeah. it's not a good way to go Well hopefully we might see you back there to, at some point to, uh, to, keep, uh, to keep up that tradition fingers crossed <laughs> People can't see my facial expressions, can they? Oh no, <laughs> no they, they can't. can't. Video, they can. Yeah, I well, thought uh, it was the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there it is. There you have it. Someday he'll be back. Someday, please God. Yeah. Well, look, thanks a million for coming in. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up for a beer. Absolutely. Thanks, Baz. Great. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, that was Barry's first interview. Uh, he's not mucking about straight in the deep end. Ronan O'Gara, um, no half measures, Barry. Yeah, that was a baptism of fire. Baptism. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah. baptism of fire, wasn't it? Yeah, Pat, uh, you're uh, obviously very well versed in interviews. As a professional like myself, yeah. Some, yeah, some feedback for Barry. <sighs> it was. I was just saying that it was monster heavy, but there was no harm in that at all. And uh, but yeah, what a great guy to have for for our first guest and a, a throwback to. The hard yards as well, where, where Rog used to be on as well. So it was a nice little bit of synergy there, which I liked. Um, but yeah, you guys got on well, and it's just great to see him doing doing the job. And as you said, he was that guy. They flogged that lad last week, and he's actually he's still coming out with fresh stuff as well, which yeah. is a great thing about when you talk to him. And That's the thing about Rog; he can stump you, man. He was the only one when you played that he would stump you with some wisdom or whatever. <laughs> he was like he's so intense, but geez. you stumped him though, Barry, at one stage. I yeah, did you I? You could see um, something about there was. Um, you're talking about the 15 people around you, yeah. and then he made some point about the extended squad, and you said yes, but the game was very different back then. Yeah, and you can see wrong. he was like, "Oh, geez, <laughs> yeah, Barry's yeah. done a job on me here." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. But anyway, welcome, Pat McCary, producer Pat, Proddy yes. Pat. We're going to call you for the for the for the duration. Proddy Pat, nice to have another Proddy on the show. Yeah, <laughs> as producer. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we are. Of I'm, course, yeah, I'm a producer it. too, yeah. and he's a Catholic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great to have you on the show. Um, yeah, any anything you'd uh, you'd like to pick up on what we've been talking about? Have we been talking shite, or are we? Uh, 
We are right. There's a mixture. Though. I like the. I like the <laughs> so there is some a, a slurryish <laughs> mixture going on. But uh, I know I like to. I like to talk about you not needing your your knees there at all against Cerrone. And I said, even though that was on the red button or the blue button, I must. This is my job now for the next couple of days. Try and find that moment where you yeah. did a Freddie Burns. <clears throat> You'll do well. You'll do find well. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, hidden. Is it? Yeah. There's probably some hater out there, some Trimble hater out there who's got the footage. Like, <laughs> he's been compiling this for years. This is what I'm, this is what I'm doing with Virgil van Dijk at the moment. Yeah. Every well, mistake he makes, I'm putting it in a little file yeah. somewhere. Don't, I don't think you'll have to look far to find a couple of Trimble haters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're readily, today. readily available. Yeah. But yeah, I was at the... Um, we were looking up on Friday there. Actually, when Rog was in, he was saying to me... Uh, oh, he's always slagging me for having a Leinster bias as well and... He's saying to me, uh, oh, I bet you're going to the Leinster game. I bet you're going to enjoy that. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I was telling him, like, no, I'm going to the Munster game. Munster Gloucester next weekend's coming up. And he's like, yeah, I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> like, yeah. so, uh, but it was great to go along there. And such, it was class there in the RDS on Friday night. And, um, Good yeah. atmosphere. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was a sellout. And, um, was, it looked like, like the Aviva last week was a lot of people chatting. Not yeah. a huge atmosphere, mm. but RDS looked like it was, yeah. it was bubbling a bit. Yeah, and it was kind of just like the as you said there just before the first half they kind of knew if they could break them there it's a thing that I saw we were watching I think most of us were watching the, the Bath Toulouse game at the weekend and um, yeah you know when they I think Kano got himself sent off or Sinbin for Toulouse and Bath kicked it out of play at the, at, and you could hear the commentator say that's you know they're going to regroup and see how they're going to attack him but Leinster and Ireland don't think that way they're, that was their moment to put the hammer down on, on, on uh, Wasps then as well and they got the try out of it as well and I thought, as you, you guys mentioned him as well, uh, Reese Ruddock I thought was brilliant, and then Sean Cronin too. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a line out and they just kept it going, and they just it was I just said so much variety. It wasn't just they were doing spreading it wide; they were doing everything, and um, so it's just great to see. And you knew the minute they got that score, they came out after the second half and got another score again, and all of a sudden the game was over, and they kept going till the end. And like I was talking to Leo Cullen at the end, and he, he mentioned Sean O'Brien coming on, and you know he didn't get the shout when when uh, Dan Levy got injured, but came off the bench, got a turnover, and you know they, they just like, yeah. they just kind of kept the foot on the throat the whole way, and and then that was it. Yeah, like as you guys mentioned as well, James Lowe, like I think he had 184 meters gained in that game, and just an incredible player to watch. And uh, I I'd, I'd never had the pleasure of sitting down and listening to him talk, but I'd heard that he was you know quality, and we heard that a little bit earlier on when he was talking about the cars you know like uh, his car being broken into but he also had another nice thing to say there about uh, how the foreign players are being looked after and they have a foreign group and how they help them settle in and they're off to, to do something nice this weekend so I think we can hear that now It's been outstanding you know me and my girlfriend have really settled in we're, we're enjoying our time here she's enjoying her job um, and that's half of it you get your life sorted off the field and on the field becomes easy so uh, like I said paint, paint and Prosecco I think is tomorrow I don't know what <laughs> I don't know the Prosecco side, but uh, I back I back my painting skills, and I'll tell you on Monday how we go. Paint was it painting? Like, yeah, were paint, they painting pictures or like paintball or what? What's going on? I first thought it was Decorated. paintball, but yeah, paintball and Prosecco would be class, though, wouldn't <laughs> it? <right? laughs> what I think they're doing, which is just all going, you know, getting painting lessons and sipping Prosecco at the same time, but. You're oh, that's so D4, isn't it? That's you're saying. You, you can't Jeez. find a reason to hate Leinster, but you've you've found one. That's one, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What would be the equivalent in in Belfast now? In Belfast, yeah, of painting in Prosecco. Ah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. There's draw nothing like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Book fast and yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, lads, don't be derogatory about Belfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That's actually a good place to go because um, we haven't covered them yet. But yeah, um, the Ulster game, both you boys had, had watched it over the weekend. And um, John Cooney is a guy who played well again. And I think you, you mentioned before that John Cooney is a lad who's, who backs himself, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he was a, a very unique character at, at the start whenever he came in. And we didn't know him. We kind of didn't really know what, not what to expect. And we sort of probably expected uh, this cocky Leinster young fella. And then he came in. And uh, obviously, Ruin Pinar had just left, and uh, John Cooney came in, big shoes to fill. And we thought that this guy would be nervous, you know, about taking Ruin Pinar's place. And he introduced himself to the squad and he said, First of all, I would like to say, um, sorry for the passing of Ruan. <laughs> 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 yes. And we were like, How dare you? <laughs> but, yeah, but then, um, actually, it, the joke didn't really land because just the accent, he kind of mumbled a little bit. And a couple of guys oh. thought that he meant the passing, like the poor passing. <laughs> Right. As in, not that he died. So the the the, die, the Ruan dying joke is funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we kind of realized this guy's actually hilarious, and he's a great lad, and he settled in really well. Mm. So yeah, he's, he's awesome. A, yeah, he's he awesome is. Outside, he's uh, very popular up there. Is he? The yeah. boys are loving him. Kind of supporters as well, and uh, he settled in really well and done a good job. So yeah, I was very impressed with Lowry as well. Um, just like I love the f- the way that Leicester tried to. Focus on mm. and, and you know targeting with a few high balls, and he dropped the first one, which was a tough one to take, and then took the the next few. But just his uh, his footwork, his speed, his attitude. I mean, when he started coming into himself, I felt <clears throat> he lifted the rest of the team because it just adds another dynamic. I've been in teams like that when someone like can come out of nowhere and and you maybe be a little bit worried about him, and then they do something outrageous that no one expects, mm. and the whole team gets a boost off it. And uh, yeah, it's just so exciting to see guys like that and young smaller guys that are using their pace and obviously have developed a way of uh, using their size and their speed uh, to their advantage yeah. uh, I love seeing that and Addison as well I thought was uh, was very very impressive and I just thought it was a good win jeez they they uh, they played a lot of rugby used the weather well in the first half and didn't kick a lot of ball and yeah so and you're a big uh, you're a big Mike Laurie fan then yeah as, as a fellow little man you're you're, you're yeah. glad to see the little man do well yes exactly yeah <laughs> well, well I was light I suppose I'm not I'm, I'm tall and long armed yeah, no. but I was quite I, light I no offense. <laughs> <laughs> you know we can't all be huge awkward lumps like you know <laughs> um, but yeah I think uh, I think there's uh, there's especially with the new rules that are coming in like you saw. At the weekend, I think Kano getting pulled for that yellow card yeah. um, with that uh, high tackle, which I thought was fair enough. Like I've, I've mm. seen the, I spoke to Johnny Lacey, the referee, last week, and uh, he sent me on some things that the refs are pulling teams for at the moment. And it, one of them is an upright tackler who's you know making cl- you know shoulder collision with someone's head or chin or whatever, and and it's straight red card is what they're looking for. So I, I actually think Kano got away with it. Not only was he was it a yellow card? But it, it could have been a it could have been a red. Um, and just seeing those, that aim is to potentially bring the the tackle height below the chest or below the nipple. Even they're saying that you could see a lot of these younger, these smaller players like the Shane Williams of of our time and <coughs> uh, Brenton Pawson and those kind of guys. Shane Williams is your era. I mean, I kind of. I'm only just retired. Just, sorry, of course, of course. Uh, but yeah, do you remember coming up against Shane Williams? Like Jesus Christ! Like he'd. He'd get the ball in a normal phase and you'd be like, I've got to watch myself. But then if it was like the ball was dribbling along the ground or if it was broken play, he'd get it and the whole place would be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> what's he going to do? 
what's he going to do? It's like, you know, he, he just had that ability to, yeah. to and he, because he developed from a young age how to use his speed and how to use space and manipulate space. And I think we've missed that in international rugby and, and yeah. professional rugby for the last few years. And, and I think that tackle rule will, will allow a lot of that and hopefully encourage smaller players to, yeah. you know, to get like you saw for uh, Toulouse on Saturday. Uh, Colby, yeah, Colby, like yeah. his footwork, yes. man, absolutely, yeah. and he's a tough guy. Like, and Shane Williams was a was a very tough guy as well. I think yeah. we'll, we'll all agree. So that's the thing is, if if that's the way the game's going to go, and uh, there's going to be a role for young or uh, smaller fellas, mm-hmm. then you have to be as talented as Shane Williams. You have to be as talented as potentially Michael Laurie. Mm-hmm. You know, these young fellas to make up for that elsewhere. If that's you're it. not going to have that physicality, <coughs> you've got to bring an X factor to the game. Exactly. And as you said, it was nice to see. A yeah. young fellow, Mike Lord, I think he was getting there was a lot of chat, all the chat before the game was about him, wet night, Leicester. It was the perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> and and sure enough they came, they did exa- Leicester did exactly what we thought they were gonna do, put a few high balls on him for early on, dropped the first one and you're going, We are really gonna find out what he's made of here. Mm. And he's obviously pretty pretty switched on. Yeah. Upstairs as well. He's pretty mentally tough because he then he thrived the rest of the game. So yeah. good to see. Yeah, you were mentioning the the Kano one there, and it was actually interesting. The, the thing you you shared after speaking to John Lacey, the the things that they're looking out for. But I was very interested in this ladder of destiny. That's that's part of it as well. Yeah, but yeah. it's something that yeah we must share. Very even dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah the seriousness of what you've done and the end results as well, and this ladder of destiny going here. But it's something yeah we must even share on sports show as well. But the other one, I, I, the big decision over the weekend, and I, I kind of put out a clip of it on, on my Twitter account at the weekend, and it was the Andrew Conway thing on Garrett Steenson with his lovely yeah. new beard um, as he was taking his conversion. And uh, just it was almost just like, it's such a funny clip because you just see Steenson takes the kick, full second goes by, and then there's like a macho man elbow drop comes in from, from nowhere. Like, and, With a um, chair, WWF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just Conway coming from the ladder. Like, you know, like, yeah. but... Uh, I was amazed to kind of see see him kind of, and then of course gets up, you know, arms raised, you know, sorry about that, and uh, it was maybe it was just because it was half time he got away with it, and and the crowd, a lot of the crowd missed it as well. But such a funny incident, it wasn't was it? bizarre. It was, and I like, I think in, in Andrew's defence, he's not that kind of player. He's not a he's not a dirty player or anything like that. And if you look at it, he's he's completely looking at the ball, um, and then Steenson is obviously the angle he's coming from. He's, it's not like he has the ball in his hands. Mm. So Steenson's over to the right and Conway's just staring at the ball and all he wants to do is get hype in the air. So it is a weird, when you think of it like that, it's quite weird and, and, he, and he does come down on the high with the elbow but it's, I think it was just a, a very random thing to happen. But he, and I think the referee, fair play to him, realised that Steenson was actually grand and he got up and he, and he was fine once he kind of played a, little, played a little bit that he was, uh, that he was hurt but I don't think he was. So yeah, bizarre, but uh, I think the ref did well. Mm. You know what I mean? I was kind of wondering, have you guys ever done that? Have you ever sprinted from the line? One of those moments, like, let's go charge this down, and you've realised you're the only one out there on your own? Like, Has that ever happened to you before? Uh, no, but I've um, <laughs> gone to charge down a penalty kick. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Of course you have. <laughs> At the time, I thought it was a, it was it was a conversion or something. I just I don't know. I just went autopilot. I just started. It was in New Zealand on tour. Oh, yeah, I was a youngster. And what happened? Um, the ref just looked at me. He, it didn't matter. I didn't get anywhere near, it and he got the conversion anyway. Uh, but he looked at me. <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> are you a professional? So eager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love rugby. <laughs> Love charging down kicks. Anyway, I got fined and done again. 
Boston calendar. Yeah, yeah, find me on the bus the next day for being absolutely sick. That's brilliant. Anyway, that's another one for the file, isn't it? That's just, yeah, the haters file. Yeah. yeah, the haters file. Yeah, but, but the the uh, the monster game itself. You like yeah. you guys are watching it as well, and um, just like they'll be happy with that. Like I know they haven't won away from home yet this season, but. They'd surely be happy with that, wouldn't they? Like getting the yeah, a um, couple I of points. I think all the talk beforehand was how how difficult it was going to be for Munster to go to Exeter and get a result. And uh, granted, Exeter, great side, it's a tough place to go. But uh, I think uh, you know, right off Munster at your peril, like and and, and that side and what they can achieve. And uh, I think they should have won the game. And I think that's the way they look at it. Um, they 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 control the tempo. The intensity it was all on their terms for a lot of the game, and that's such a hard thing to do. But it just shows the experience that they're, they're you know, they're still missing some of their best players. Like Earlsey pulling out at the last minute was a, that's a huge mm. blow to them. You know, he's playing some of his best rugby at the moment. Obviously, Connor be missing and uh, and Farrell and having a, you know they've got young pairings all over the pitch. You know, a big big important pairings like halfbacks are huge for any team, and we've got you know inexperienced combination there we've been experienced centres there um, and for them to go out and take control of a team like that that are you know leading the premiership I think they'll, they'll be very happy with how they control the game but it's Europe isn't it isn't that what Munster do though yeah they just you know rewind a few weeks ago and they're getting hammered in, in Cardiff mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before that they're getting hammered in Glasgow now they've had a few big performances at home yeah but then it's it's been head and shoulders way better than any other uh, away performance this season and it's Europe they just get to that European stage and then they just say right lads time to turn up Yeah, and they're they're just unbelievable in Europe and as you say the Tennessee is not to write them off but just think oh maybe this monster side you know isn't quite up there to mix it with the Leinsters and the Saracens but they're right up there now absolutely and I think once once, uh, once these guys start getting more confidence you know I think we, we they rely Heavily on the the basics that you saw at the weekend, like the the scrum, the line out, the mall, really solid. Defense was awesome. Uh, intensity was good. But then you know when we get into the green zone, there say we. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to. We uh, to get into the green zone and they get into more of attacking position. Sometimes they take the foot off the pedal a little bit in terms of uh, how expansive they're willing to play and. Uh, I think that will come with time once they grow a confidence and uh, this this competition and the Pro 14 uh, evolves. And the point I was trying to make to Raj, I suppose, earlier on in the interview was um, when I said they should, could they potentially go in, you know, in more of an expansive direction to meet in the middle because they've got a really solid foundation at the moment. They're a really hard team to beat. Um, they do the, the fundamentals really well but they lack a little bit of X-factor at times, and they have the players to do it. You know, I know we've, they're young guys, but like Dan Goggin has ridiculous skills. Um, Earlsey, Carberry, Conway, Farrell, like some really talented players. And, you know, in the Pro 14, when these guys play lesser games, should they be given the chance to, you know, show off a little bit more yeah. and play a little bit more of an expansive game? So when it comes to crunch games in this championship, that... They can they can pull out the goods. Yeah, well, Rog, Rog um touched on that, didn't he? He said, you know, this this monster side will will always be at their best when they're whenever they're north south. Mm-hmm. And as a future monster coach, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> as he said, <laughs> yeah, uh, you would imagine um, kind of if that's what he's got in his head. And there's probably a, a bit of a romantic notion for that as well. You know, Rog, Rog and yourself are kind of 
taking trips down memory lane and kind of talking about the old lads and the way it used to yeah. be and you know the way it used to be you go down to Thornton Park and you get the squeeze put on you and it's hard to get away from how successful that was yeah so. yeah uh, it's good like it's um and it'll be interesting to see how they go for the rest of the season but I think we've done a good job of rounding up most things there over the weekend um Toulon and Leon lost to the way that's a, you know big shock results there as well but I think we've done, done a good job there, and I'm, I'm very proud of the two years Thanks as well. Thanks very much, man. Yeah, we did it. I'm we a father. Did it. <laughs> it's when you have us back. Oh, <laughs> oh we'll have you back, and then we'll move on now. Yes, to um, ask HO or ask House of Rugby, and um, we put the, the tweet out there last night, and just looking for feedback, questions over the weekend, and uh, got a great response on, on the, the, the House of Rugby Twitter account, and you guys had both put out the old Wayne and Garts. Uh, you know, gifts as well, like, and you got great responses there as well. So, uh, I think Barry, yeah, you you maybe get the first one, and thanks everybody for sending that in as well, and keep that up over the course of the season. And I won't have to do any research or anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, so, Mark Moorhead asks Andrew, mm. who are the standout future Ulster players? I'm thinking O'Toole, Lowry, Curtis. Those are the those are the three. <laughs> <ones>. <laughs> <laughs> the three. I'm thinking of as well. That's like in in school whenever someone asks a question that they know the answer to. Yeah. You say, what, is it this? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the end of that. Yeah. Tommy O'Toole's gone really well at the start of the season, uh, especially in the loose. He's been throwing his weight around a bit. Uh, Mike Glory stood up the big test of the weekend. Um, Angus Curtis, Angus Kernahan. Mm. Uh, Curtis especially looks like a, a young kind of Paddy Wallace. You know, kind of. A lot more physical than he looks. Um, quite punchy, quite dynamic. Um, good skill set, good footwork. Uh, Angus Kernan is another one. Um, again, a guy who kind of potentially could have slipped through the net. He was in the sub-academy um, at the start of the summer and then he got a couple of um, games in the friendlies. Did really well. And now he's up, you know, he's the, the dizzy heights of an academy contract. Yeah. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. We'll come back to it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off we'll air, I think. Exactly, well, we, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> question two realistically how many teams can beat Leinster Munster struggled in the Aviva Saracens looked only okay today Racing is this that's what we said yesterday yeah because they, they had just struggled to that 13-3 win over Glasgow I think yeah Saracens so um, yeah you're saying I think he's just kind of saying who are, the, who are the only teams that can really push Leinster because a lot of teams are fearing already yeah so Creelan was just kind of saying he thinks Exeter, Munster, Saracens and maybe Racing are the only teams that can give Leinster a proper rattle in Europe that's probably fair enough um, you know th- it's going to take a lot to beat them for sure but you know I think Munster showed last weekend that, that you know there's very little between the two sides uh, in the Aviva last week a uh, couple of referee decisions and and so on but I think you know it'll, it'll take a lot Rassing obviously pushed them very very close last year in the in the final um, Saris did look pretty strong at the weekend um, and we know what they can do they're experienced in this competition as well so and, and you know as we said Leinster aren't going to take any of this lightly they're not they're, they're really out to, to win this trophy again they're mm. not even trying to defend it I, I think just here and there the way they're talking about it is uh, they want to win it from scratch with a new you know a a new uh, batch of players and yeah it's going to be a, a tough one but um, we'll see the next one 
and I was delighted to get this in because um, Connacht got the win over Bordeaux at the weekend and Kyle Godwin got a, a couple of tries from as well but this is from Nathan Mangan sent us into us and he said Andy Friend is clearly uh, he's got a great effect at Connacht with their resurgence like Delan actually yeah, he was doing really well Keen Callagher and Tiernan O'Halloran putting in a strong statement for these guys are basically Nathan's saying these guys should, should be in the mix for November so he's saying out of all these Connacht guys they've started the season off decent do you think any of them deserve a chance to get back into the mix for Ireland in November? Yeah, I think, uh, well, ju- just kind of that performance up in, in Ulster was pretty impressive mm. by a lot of those fellas. Um, based on the backbone of really, really uh, kind of physical defence, um, Tom Farrell's thrown his weight around, yeah, Bundy yeah. Key thrown his weight around, uh, and Tom Farrell, I don't think, gets the recognition he kind of no, deserves, yeah. really. Uh, Tiernan, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Sean O'Brien, I thought, is going really well at the minute, obviously, there's no space in the back row. Yeah, yeah. There's so much competition, um, so I don't know if he'll get any joy there, but I thought he was really good that night, especially, anyway. He's a big unit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, lurch, kind of with red hair. like. Yeah, he. I got in trouble, actually, that night on uh, on, on Premier Sports. I, it was at halftime, they said he's made 17 tackles, and that was all the chat, 17 tackles, and then um, maybe about six, seven, eight minutes in the second half, I kind of thought, I kind of thought, He's made a roundabout three or four tackles, right? right? So I just quoted the stat. I just went, <laughs> you, know, uh, he's, uh, you know, that's his 21st tackle, right? Yeah. So then they started talking, the, the production team and all were saying, that's 21 tackles after 48 minutes. <laughs> and then the girl who was interviewing uh, someone after the game, you made 21 tackles after 48 minutes. And then they asked me afterwards, and I went, this has got out of hand. <laughs> I made that up. I, I made that up. It was, I just said 21. Don't quote me on it, lad. <laughs> so I wonder why they thought I was sourcing my information. Yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. You just had your little notebook out counting the tackles that he yeah. made. But this this wasn't the first time you'd stepped in at there. You'd pissed off Jordan Murphy then as yeah. well, hadn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, I kind of bad timing as well because I was doing the radio at the weekend and then he did a uh, pre-match uh, interview and he said you know we've heard the comments of Andrew Trimble during the <laughs> week and it's provided us with a bit of inspiration <laughs> I went on oh, no. because it was it was just it needed to be put in context what I said you know you could, you could create a one liner and I'm sure it was clickbait and I doubt Jordy listened to the full anyway Someone I would put it up in the dressing room. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Here's the bad guy. Yeah. It's Andrew. But he's down. not playing anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, and then I had this moment. I was like, did I get really defensive and going to no what I was saying was and anyway I just stuff it. You basically called gonna give Leicester Tigers a walkover, didn't yeah, you? Did, yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah. yeah. I was making the point that um in 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 Ulster's pool they've got Saracens and Rassing and Leicester and it's weird that at this stage there's so much competition in this uh, in in, uh, in Europe and in that pool in particular that strangely uh, a, a European heavyweight like Leicester coming to Ravenhill coming to Kingspan is probably the easiest fixture even yeah. though it's not easy so anyway that was the one liner this yeah. is Ulster's easiest game anyway carnage foolish I better give him a shout yeah <laughs> Perfect. That's good. I think we've covered them all there, and hopefully, as you said, we'll get to more of them. And uh, we might even answer a couple on Instagram or something if we haven't got to them afterwards, and do something like that. To, just because the the wealth of of stuff that we got in from people there was brilliant. So if they can keep that up over the season, it'd be great. So perfect for that. And you can hit your outro now. My outro. Yeah, have you brought your guitar with you? <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's world. Wayne's world. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening, for tuning in, uh, for watching on YouTube, and and all the rest. So we'll. Uh, 
enjoy the rugby next weekend and we'll be back next week to, to take you through everything that's gone on but before we let you go this is almost like the episode 2 teaser that they'd put up on Netflix or something we've got a little the boys over in uh, there's going to be House of Rugby UK and we've got a little teaser of what's coming up there their first episode is out on Wednesday so have a listen to this Hi I'm James Haskell join me next Wednesday for a new show on Joe House of Rugby we go inside the changing room in the malls, in the rucks, news, analysis, and lots and lots of my unbelievable chat. Okay, it's terrible, but it'll be lots of me. Yeah, so we've got James Haskell there wetting the appetite for um, the the um, English yeah. equivalent. Unbelievable chat. Yeah, this yeah. is where his chat comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing to his mouth. Thank yeah. you for that, James. Yeah, nice one, David Brandt. <laughs> David Brandt-esque. <laughs> I will look forward to having a bit of banter back and forth with them over the next few months as well. Absolutely. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks to everyone who's uh, behind the scenes in the show. Thanks to Pat for coming on and keeping us in order. Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning in and to our sponsors, Guinness. And yeah, we'll see you back here next week to round up all the rugby from next weekend. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.